Hello and welcome to Real Talk, Real Woman. Today, Jacqueline Kent is making us the honor of her presence. So let me tell you a little bit about her. And I'm honestly simply reading her about page on her website. And her website is JacquelineKent.co.uk. And that is a part on the about. So she's a speaker, author, happy life activator. She said of herself that she is a glass half, half full kind of a girl. She loves teaching women how to move themselves higher up the list, which often means taking the first steps in self-care. Her heartfelt approach compassionately inspires her clients to make their own well-being as a much higher priority and think first about their own needs for the greatest good of all. She is known for helping women to see things in a different light by transforming their outlook from not knowing who they are or what they need, like it's all a waste of time, to loving who they are and being excited about their life again. In fact, her positivity is contagious. She loves to empower women to start to believe in themselves once more, get back in the driving seat of their life and be proud of who they are becoming. So Jacqueline, the floor is yours. My first question. Okay. Can you please walk us through the big events of your life so that people have the feeling that they know you personally? Absolutely. Um, thank you. That, thank you. Thank you for having me on. So there have been many uh, significant events in my life, but it started when I became a mum at 16. I was with the father of my first child. We were together for 11 years. And during that time, we had three children. We sadly lost one child um, at birth. Our relationship was a very much, you know, bam, 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 one thing after another, after another, after another. And when it came to an end after 11 years, I was in a place where I was really looking for a distraction because my life had just been, you know, full pelt mumhood and homemaker and everything from such a young age. And um, my head was actually quite easily turned. So when the relationship ended, I pretty much turned my family's life upside down because I wanted something different. And that was not a good place for me to be in. For anybody, really, it can be very hard to prioritise your choices over other people's, especially at the cost of, you know, other people's happiness. Um, there are times when that can work, but we'll come to that later. So when I found myself in a new relationship straight away, in fact, there was an overlap. Again, that really did not help me with my levels of self-respect. I... Um, I was excited by the distraction and I overlooked way too many red flags. Um, this person hustled and bustled their way into my life, almost giving me no choice but to kind of start the ball rolling when it really wasn't the way that I wanted things to go. 
I had no control over how we actually first came face to face. Um, it was very manipulative actually from the beginning. And I chose not to pay any attention to all of that. I continued to stand up for this person, to make excuses for this person over my own needs and everything that I should have been thinking about. I was still taking care of my children. They were very much a priority. But then after that, it was my relationship as a thing without me almost being part of that, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, so in, during, during that time, I experienced many moments which I was too ashamed to share with anybody. And I just couldn't, I didn't know my own mind. I genuinely felt like I was not in control of my life at all. And it was, seemed like it was crazy. And I think maybe that a little bit of me liked that craziness, but it wasn't doing me any good at all. So, um, the abusive nature of my relationship was actually very much emotional and psychological for the most part. Um, it was, I would very much spend my days questioning, how did I end up here? Who have I become? What am I thinking? You know, what? It, it, was, it was too hard to express, to be able to say out loud to somebody, I don't feel good about this and I need help. To actually say that out loud was too difficult. So I didn't, I just kept going. In fact, I probably sought advice from the one person that was always going to take his side, which was his mum. I confided in her a lot. <laughs> so, um, and that relationship as what it was, um, and there were, I genuinely could not count the number of times that I tried to either end it, to watch him leave and make him stay away, to um, make choices that meant I found some kind of peace. I would experience that peace for the briefest of moments before everything was turned around again. And I, you know, I couldn't do this. How, how could I? How could I choose myself or this over, you know, our marriage? Was I, because we married, we also had a son. And it was so difficult to get out of. <laughs> I tried, you know, I tried texting to end it being in a different place. Went to visit a friend and, and tried to end it without actually having to look at him because that felt easier in some way than face-to-face -face saying, you know, you're not good for me. This situation is not good. This is an unhealthy, toxic environment and I don't want it. And I couldn't say those words. I just couldn't say it. I totally understand you. Mm. Totally mm. understand you. It's so hard. And at the same time, you hear, is that my only way out? Maybe mm -hmm. it's not and you create another, another creative way around to try to make it through or make it work or there were so many times that I thought 
maybe I should just have an affair and then he'd want rid of me anyway. But no, because he'd make it, it would make me feel even worse than I already do, if that was possible. I used to think of all the different possibilities, you know, and just think, well, surely if that happened, you know, he'd have to want to leave. <laughs> and it was just and like, she I was may becoming... even not. Mm, yeah, even yeah. Not. It was just the control, the, the control was so powerful in that relationship that mm. I didn't have any, I, <laughs> I, I had none. Yeah. What was the shift? At what moment in time did you click so that you mustered the courage to find a way out, a real one that did work because it did work at the end. You yeah. did find a way out. Yeah, so there were two stages to it. It actually came to quite an abrupt end, which resulted in him moving out. Um, and that was actually a domestic violence incident, regrettably, which I found myself pinned to the wall by my throat. But even at that point, I was still making excuses for him. I made so many excuses for him. And so that happened. We had been married 11 years when that happened. And I was like, you know, I had seen him, he had been drinking and I watched him get in a car and drive away after this happened. And I remember a, a moment of thinking to myself, if I rang the police, I wouldn't have to deal with any of this. They could sort it all out. And I didn't pick up the phone. And I stood there and for months then, that was when I really spiraled deep. You know, I became very much a person that I struggled to recognize because I was still embroiled in, you know, feeling sorry for him because he was having to find somewhere else to live. Um, you know, that, that trauma bond was just, so, I didn't even understand what a trauma bond was. And um, so it took that having that distance for things to shuffle around quite a lot over a good year and a half. Various things happened at home. It became very difficult at home. Until one day when I had started to realize this is never going to change unless I do something. And I had, thankfully, a conversation with a life coach who oh, I had wow. obviously realized I needed something. Mm -hmm. And all she said to me was, if you learn to put yourself first, everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. She'd asked me about my life and I'd laugh. And then when I'd kind of thought about what she said, I was like, I don't understand. She doesn't understand about my life. She can't have a clue what she's talking about, but I'm working with her. I'm paying her to help me. So I'm going to have to follow her advice because I'm all out of options. I'm all out of ideas. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so I worked with her and she showed me how to uh, focus on more of what I wanted and spend less of my energy investing in the things that were not working and investing my attention in the things that were not working for me. And that had been a thing for many years. So that was August, 2016. And it was just two months later that I had one of those light bulb conversations with my ex-husband where I finally got that he was never going to take responsibility. 
And it was actually a financial thing. So there were a lot of um, issues financially within the marriage and he was not gonna take responsibility for thousands of pounds worth of debt. He was happy for me to deal with everything. And I just thought, you know what? No. However, I find a way to sort this, you are not gonna be part of that anymore. I'm saying that's it for me. And it was that conversation that changed everything actually, because for so many years, he would come to me and say, surely we can dot, dot, dot. Why don't we just, or it would be, you know, you could, because obviously he saw that I was responsible. And instead of going, yeah, I'm sure we can work it out on this one day in October, I just said, nope, that's it. And I fully believed that I deserved to be free from him. And that was what it took because I finally realized that if I didn't change that, the dynamic of that situation and allow that to shift, then those patterns were just going to keep repeating themselves. Mm. It's very interesting. So that moment in time, that conversation with this life coach that was life saving yeah. for you, yeah this is when you completely understood the power of focusing on what you really want and defocusing on what you do not want anymore mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that was one of the first big moments yeah massive and then as you integrate and apply that new thinking mm. in your mind you have this realization because now you are open to see it. Oh, he will never ever take responsibility for mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. So even if I'm going to sort it out, he will not be part of it anymore. Yeah. And that was it. And, and, I, and I'd spent the best part of that morning, I'd spent shuffling, moving, doing various things with finances to try and survive because I was a single mum. We weren't living together. And it was like he didn't even care. And I just thought, no, you know, I understand now that instead of focusing on the frustration of this situation, I focus on the solution and that thing being it for me. Mm -hmm. I just need the solution and everything else is going to have to go somewhere else. Mm. And 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 that was that was it. It was understanding that whole nature of when you see the possibility and you you know send all of your energy and your effort and intention towards a more positive outcome mm -hmm. that I could really be okay about letting the other stuff not be part of that because it true, didn't belong true, true I totally understand that true there is this moment in time when everything changes the meaning you give to events changes mm. the, the meaning you give to yourself changes and this is when you start to build back or maybe for the first time mm. self-love self-confidence yeah. self-esteem mm. self-respect self-compassion and all these other self-care and when you're in the environment that doesn't allow that to be a thing, 
-hmm. it feels impossible it does it feels impossible it's only when you can find a way to step aside from it somehow take a bit of time out from it get a bit of distance whatever that looks like that you can be okay with that being an option without making excuses to anybody Mm -hmm. right Mm. totally totally Mm. so from shame to magic which is the topic of the day Mm. I do understand how you could have felt so ashamed of your situation to the Mm. point of not being even able to call for help to Mm -hmm. even have a standard conversation except with the mother of the perpetrator so that was just like no Mm. not here yeah yeah Mm. there are better people to talk about that Mm. because she was very likely very much interested in uh, her son staying in the situation like stabilizing things and making it work in some way or another but actually what happened afterward when you allowed magic in your life what did you do or what did you how did you live Mm. because that is a beautiful part of it yeah so the the very first thing I did was actually I joined um a gym with that which had a spa and had all of these really nurturing um aspects to it and I regularly kind of not forced myself to go there but made that part of my routine so I have my time out you know it's okay to do this um and I started doing a group healing program with with, um, a lady that I now actually work alongside which is even more magical Um, and she was offering like a group distance healing so every Wednesday night for about 20-30 minutes it would be me time shut the door on everything just you know lie down and receive this Reiki healing from a distance yes and the way that I described it was it felt as though I was walking around with this force field around me and no Mm -hmm. negativity could come anywhere near me. Mm -hmm. I just would not allow it. I just felt so protected and, you know, I was taken care of, really taken care of. And that Mm -hmm. was the first time that I felt that. And I had been part of making that happen. It was, you know, I totally got that this is my journey now. And what this looks like is exactly what it's meant to be. And it was understanding that I needed to have this time just for me, no distractions. And I don't just mean that little window on a Wednesday night, but these months and months that I spent by myself, which were all about recovery and understanding that if I didn't spend this time in some kind of recovery, bringing, you know, some of my energy back, understanding who I was and what I wanted more, that I was just going to repeat those negative, destructive patterns. Mm -hmm. I was probably just going to end up in a similar situation, but with a different person. And I could see that that was a pattern. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, I'm not open to doing that. I'm not doing that to myself. I haven't come this far to do that again. So this is just me time. And I went away for a weekend by myself. You know, I I did all of these really soul searching things. I did a lot of meditation. Um, 
shared quite a lot about my journey that also seemed to help other people as I was going through it you know I would talk about why I felt this was so important because it wasn't just about oh I'm all by myself and isn't it lovely you know it was much much deeper than that and as I allowed more of that in so more of those amazing experiences and opportunities found their way to me I started to work with different people and lots of things changed you know, my life shifted, totally. it just reorganized itself and the right things found their way to me. Some people fell away because yes. they weren't yes. really for me. Yes. I thought yes. they were supporting me, but they weren't <laughs> that kind of thing. There was a lot of that went on mm-hmm. and it was understanding that that was also part of the, the journey. It is. Yeah, it is. And that That's... stuff does feel magical. Yeah, it does. It does. It's mm. true that when you have when you really start to do the shift and you realize that some people really fall off your life Mm. and Mm. other people come in your life, it's all about how how you feel. Mm. Do you feel good about them fading away, falling off? Mm. Do you Mm. feel good about these new ones that you just like, I would say, quote unquote, fall in love with, even if it is not Mm. like romantic love, but you just like amazed by the, the match, the match made in heaven, yeah, in whatever match. exactly energetic match, whatever the, so, so the field is, whatever the kind of relationship it is, just like, oh my gosh, this is exactly the person I was looking for. That's yes, gorgeous. Yeah, and it is reciprocal, it goes both ways, mm. which yes. is really awesome. I have a last question for you How did you manage with, with your children? So that was a hard was- part as well. Yeah, a a lot of the journey, I mean, they had um, kind of witnessed some things that, you know, they should not have really been around for. And so, but what actually happened was, um, as this change started to take place, things had actually been incredibly difficult at home. And um, there was a point at which I was not allowed legally to leave my two sons, who've got nearly nine years between them, in the same room together. Um, But... As I started to do this work and I was calmer and I was more composed and I was just happier, everything at home also started to settle down. They, you know, my my younger, he was nine at the time. He was really struggling with anxiety and all of those sorts of things. But as I brought a calmer energy to to the home, he totally picked up on that over, you know, the sort of, spikiness that was going on around us before and started to really settle down and we would get you know we would get um phone calls home from school just saying you know I just wanted to let you know he's had a really good day and it was lovely to be around him he just seemed so um much calmer we wouldn't have even known because obviously I made school aware of things as things evolved we wouldn't have even known there was anything going on because of how how calm he's been and just you know, and, and they couldn't believe it, but it was just that whole thing about when you focus on your happiness, it isn't just you that benefits from that. It's everybody around you. It's true. It's definitely mm. true. It is. I noticed the same thing along the journey. Yeah. How much yeah. your happiness impacts your surrounding or your sadness and your lostness, I would say, creative yeah. word, uh, um, impacts your surrounding as well. 
So this is why when we say, you know, and there is all this question of, yeah, but I don't want to be selfish. And it's like, mm. you know what? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. be selfish. Do the least care. selfish thing to do. Mm. Oh my gosh. Do take care of yourself because the fact of doing that, you're going to radiate more, much more love, peace and, yeah. and harmony. And that will uh, ripple effect on all the people around you. Yeah. So it is an absolute must to be mm. quote unquote selfish, to yeah. care for yourself, actually. Yeah. yeah. And to and to make yourself a priority so that you can, with the fruit of mm. what you have experienced as a newfound happiness, share. Share with the people around you. And this is where all this uh, uh, stigma of selfish becomes actually mm -hmm. very good. <laughs> yeah. Because all the people start to have to reap all the benefits as well. They do. They really do. Yeah. It is, it is magical. You know, it is magical. If somebody had said that to me in August 2016, this is what will happen as a result. I'd probably even be more inclined to just, you know, keep that moving forward. Initially, I was just like, that doesn't sound like it's going to be a thing, but I'll just take your word for it and mm -hmm. do what you're you know, outlining to me. Follow the, you know, the guidance. And 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 thankfully I did. <laughs> and you did good and yeah. you did right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Mm. So you have a group, a Facebook group, I which do. is very easy to join because yeah. when people find you on Facebook, your That's banner it. is directly yeah. your Facebook group. Yeah. And it is about the self-compassion collective for women who always care for others. And I think that even the title of your Facebook group is truly amazing. Mm. Truly amazing. Yes. We've had some changes over the, because uh, I've had the group about 18 months now and it's been called different things. And now that I've kind of arrived at that, it feels mm -hmm. exactly like that is what I'm about, is teaching people to be kinder to themselves and to know that that's okay. And, and it is okay. That is true. Mm. And yeah. it is okay. Jacqueline, absolute pleasure and honor to have you here today. Thank you for talking about From Shame to Magic. Thank you for being part of Real Talk, Real Women. Thank absolutely you. love it and i look forward to talking with you again very soon that would be wonderful thank you Gemma. thank, thank you, you jacqueline bye-bye